got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be talking about the Bitcoin drop that you just witnessed over the last 24 to 48 hours. As you guys know, not that long ago, in fact, just about two days ago, Bitcoin was trading up around $52,000. A lot of people thought a major rally was beginning and ensuing, and that we were about to rally all the way up to fifty-five dollars and $60,000, and so a massive number of people entered long positions on leverage, expecting that the rally had begun. But as we talked about on Monday, the rally had not actually yet begun. We have many reasons to believe that it was close, but that it hadn't actually started yet. And unfortunately for many people that were in long positions, we're going to show you data today that over $500 million worth of longs just got liquidated, driving the price lower. The question on the table now is where is the bottom? Is it at 45000 46000 or 47390 which is where we are right now? We're going to be talking about the reasons for this drop. We're going to be talking about where the bottom is and where Bitcoin might be heading next in today's episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. I am so excited, guys. Smash that like button. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, good morning this morning. I, I got a rest day, didn't go to the gym, got to sleep in a little bit. Same. But then, you know, looking at this chart, I'm, I'm excited for this show, even myself, because I'm looking at this chart. I went and posted on Twitter, even. There's there's some confusing things on the chart right now, and, and it kind of puts me in. I'm sitting between two boats right now, and I got to use the rest of this show to decide which boat I really want to get into. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. We're also joined, as always, by Smay. How you doing, Smay? Hello, everybody. I'm doing pretty good. I'm not doing that good, though, because West Virginia lost yeah, that last was, night. That's a rough hat to be wearing this morning. They got, they got oh, wait, wait, West Virginia stuff. lost? I legitimately yeah. had a dream last night that they were, like, champions. They got a... Uh, well, got, I appreciate that dream. Kids. I had a dream about that. I'm not even kidding. I had a dream that West Virginia and Virginia Tech both somehow were both champions. I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah, that was a dream. That's right. not a society. Yeah, that was a, that sounds like a dream, all right. We're also joined, as always, by... Well, hold on. I didn't get to shout out the numbers. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, you've Gosh. done that twice now this week. Okay. All right. I'd like to shout out April Sue, Army Piper, and Alan Carey. You Woo! guys are the best. You guys are awesome. Thank I you very you much to all of our members. I didn't cut you off, did I? No. Okay, no, I didn't no. want to do it twice in one show. I got to space it <laughs> out a little bit. Thank you so much to all of our members, guys. Thank you very, very much for everybody who joins and supports the channel. It does make an actual impact here on the production of this show, and we're always striving to bring you higher quality educational and informational content. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and throw it over to the research table. How you doing, Kelly? I'm doing I'm doing excellent, man. I'm just, uh, I'm really excited. Even even though we were, we might have seen more bullish than necessary yesterday, that's, as you saw throughout the stream, there's, the rally's not yet started, but all these things are just they're so ready to pop uh we're just we're, you know as you see 500 million dollars in liquidated li liquidations uh was it uh Lost. 500 yeah there you go 500 million dollars in liquidations uh we're just doing that let that that final shakeout that we really need before we can really let the bulls loose so i'm excited to dive into it today absolutely how you doing t-shroom i'm doing really good i'm seeing some ada gang represent Ooh, in the chat. ADA gang. loving to see that and mm -hmm. i'm happy to be here Absolutely, guys. Well, I'm going to call an audible and we're going to have a small little conversation piece. I want Tim and Kelly's opinion both on this and then I'll give mine. Before we get started, I've seen this quite a lot on Twitter and this is a valid concern, guys. You guys know that we take our integrity very, very seriously. You know that we want to be the most reliable source of information for you here in cryptocurrency. So a lot of people are saying they're always saying bullish. It's always about to have a bullish breakout. That's a valid concern. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Tim, why are we constantly talking about, hey, this is where the bulls might be taking us in the next yeah. several weeks over the last two, three, four weeks. Why have we been doing that? And were we wrong in our predictions? 
No, I, I actually, I don't think. Well, so just to be clear, I've been wrong on very short, detailed stuff, and that's part of what I was going to talk about today. Is that like I, I honestly thought forty-seven-seven would be the bottom this short-term time frame, but it, it's still builds out to something else in the longer time frame. But as far as people thinking that we're always thinking big is about to happen, I would just, I would question people, really pay attention. Listen to the words that we choose to use and look at the time frames that we're talking in. Because rarely, if ever, do we call, say, this is the exact moment, tomorrow morning at blah, blah. You know, we have a game where we predict what we think the price is going to be on Friday, but that is a game because we know that that is hard to predict. What we're trying to help you guys do is long time frame. Look out over the next couple of weeks slash months to get a good view. So as far as that's concerned, I know this sounds like almost like we're backtracking. We're not backtracking. We still hold that we're about to break out, but about to does not mean in a couple of minutes or hours. About to means within the next couple of weeks. Uh, And that the question is really going to the chart every single day to try to zero in on on getting a little bit better at knowing when that is. Uh, But there is no hard date for knowing the breakout starts on the date of this day. Absolutely. And Kelly, is there any is there any reason to believe that we're going to actually have a breakout in the next week? And is there any reason to believe that, you know, this market is going to continue trading sideways or we're going to see another drop? Like what should we be expecting moving into the new year? Well, first off, I want to uh, echo a little bit of what Tim said. I think I think uh, part of it is a little bit of selective uh, selective viewership in terms of, uh, you know, if you if you go to my Twitter or, or Tim's Twitter or, or uh, T Shroom's Twitter uh, or even on our show, we talk about a lot of different things. But uh, for instance, one of the things I post a lot of on my Twitter is the on chain metrics and me reading on chain metrics and sharing those on chain metrics. And this goes back to the question that you just asked. Uh, the on chain metrics are like the most bullish setup that has ever existed. One, because there's so many more people in the market. Two, there's big money players in the market. And three, because there's a illiquid supply shock. So mm-hmm. that's not saying, that's not me or you or any analyst saying, uh, I'm calling this breakout saying, I'm reading these metrics and they're screaming, something is not right here in, in terms of where the price is at and comparative to what all the on-chain metrics say. And so with uh, my sort of speculation, and I also posted this yesterday, along with the bullish metrics, I followed that with uh, a target on uh, a snapshot on my trading view with the 45k target with uh, I think it was like four or five different points of confluence uh, for so so there's a balance in that where the on-chain metrics are incredibly bullish but in the short term I do think we're still gonna uh, either either trade sideways from here or do some dips to fully flush out everybody else and that'll play into the fractals which you're gonna go over here in a bit when we go into the TA absolutely yeah. and can I say one more Please. thing back like so I just want to point out in the chat right now uh, don't get me wrong I'm very glad about you know that Bitcoin's price just went up a little bit. But yesterday, while we were live, the Bitcoin price fell, I think, a couple hundred dollars. You know? Yeah, for real. $400 yeah. something like uh-huh. that. And, and all of chat was going crazy saying, we're, we're dropping, we're dipping. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then now, you know, we just rose like $300. And people are like, oh, we're on the rise. I want to really make sure you guys understand the reason we don't freak out live on the show. Like if, if the price goes up by like, let's say $1,500, we're going to jump immediately. Something's happening there. But a yeah, couple hundred dollars here and there, up or down, the reason why we, we talk the way we talk is because we want to help you guys get a good buy spot, to get a good sell spot. The price going up or down a couple hundred dollars within a, ma- a time frame of an hour and a half is really not that big of a deal. Yep. Hopefully, as you guys watch the show, and I want to I want to make sure we're really clear moving forward when we do these predictions, or not predictions, sorry, these price analysis movements, is we're not trying to tell you what to do. Yep. We're showing you what's happening in the price and what to expect over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. so you 
can make your own decision and then own that decision. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, I'm gonna say this, then we're gonna jump right into it. I know yeah. you guys are rearing for a market rundown. Uh, what I would say to that, guys, is that over the last three, four weeks, we have been saying, hey, look, a bullish setup is happening, but we don't know when it's gonna happen. It might yeah. happen in a week, it might happen in a month. But if you've only been watching for the last week, the last four weeks, then you might be like, okay, Joe's been saying we're gonna break out and we haven't broken out yet. These things take time, and I understand we're all fatigued. We want this market to rally, and it's like, oh my gosh, we finally were about to rally, and then we dropped down to $47,000. I just encourage you to remember some of the most important rules of trading and investing, and those are patience and consistency. Consistently look at the charts every single day, if that's healthy for you mentally, because sometimes it can't be. Make sure that you are consistently learning. Make sure that you are having patience, because it does take time for these markets to move, and we're in this together. We genuinely want to see you reach financial freedom, make the kind of money that it takes to be able to pay off your house, to be able to take care of your parents if they're uh, aging, take care of your kids, put them through college if for some reason you want to send them to that wacky institution. We want you to be financially free, and that takes not just technical analysis, but it also takes mindset, and that's why we will never stop teaching you guys mindset and wisdom as well as the analysis. But with that said, let's go ahead and jump onto my screen, and we will take a look at CoinMarketCap here. In the last 24 hours, several major cryptocurrencies are down quite a bit. Bitcoin's down by 2.2%. Ethereum down nearly 3%. Binance Coin down 3%. Solana, Cardano getting hit pretty hard. We're actually going to talk about Solana and Chainlink here in about five minutes. Solana's down 7%, ADA's down almost 10%, XRP down, Terra Luna down, Polkadot down. I think a lot of the market is down right now, and I think the big reason for that is because people got overly exuberant, and then they got liquidated. I'm going to tease this for you, but we're going to talk about it a little bit later. You can see this is the last about three, four days of price action data, of uh, liquidation data right here. You can see that during this time, I'm actually going to zoom out so they're larger candlesticks. You can see during this time that we saw $200 million in longs liquidated, $227 million in longs liquidated, then another $130 million in longs liquidated. On the thumbnail, we talked about how there's 500 million. There's actually closer to $650 million worth of longs that have been liquidated in the last three days. Whenever that happens, that causes selling pressure. If Bitcoin drops, the rest of the crypto market is going to as well. I think that's what we're seeing happen right now. There are a couple of cryptocurrencies that are up uh, and in the green right now. Let's see if I can pronounce this. Unis said Leo. I've never heard of that before. That almost sounds like one of those things that'll trick you into saying a bad word or something. That's an interesting... Pro I have not heard of this project. I'm not knocking. I just uh, think it's an interesting name. Oasis Network is up 5.5%. LivePeer is up 5.5%. That's an old project. Down Icon is down 17%. This is what I was telling you guys yesterday. If you wanted to get into Icon... Somebody got onto me on Twitter for calling it a dead project. I called it a dead project based on its price. It rallied massively in 2017, and it hasn't even come close to those all-time highs. I firmly stand by my analysis that price action-wise, it's a dead project. Now, as far as fundamentals, it might be doing very, very well. I'm not talking about that. But as far as price is concerned, it is very, very much not doing well. Ave is down 12%. That's a project that I think is actually a pretty solid project. Basic attention token is down 10% as well. You going to say something, Tim? Nope. Gotcha. Stacks is also down 10%, and Cardano is actually the fifth biggest loser right now. But what we're going to do is we're actually going to jump right on into our technical analysis. You can see some of our analysis here on Bitcoin. We're going to get to that in a second, but we're first going to start with some Solana. I know you guys are big fans of Solana. There's quite a bit of people in chat that love it. I personally have my reservations about Solana considering how centralized it is. I believe decentralization is an absolutely vital um, part of cryptocurrency. And if we lose decentralization, then there is literally no reason for cryptocurrency even to exist. You can build a centralized network that can process 100 million transactions per second. The whole point of building a cryptocurrency is so that you can do the same thing in a decentralized fashion. Solana, like it or hate it, it is a relatively centralized cryptocurrency. Not going to jump into all that. I do have my reservations about it. That being said, you can make a lot 
lot of money in. So let's look at the price action. Right now, there are two major levels of support I'm seeing on Solana. There's 150. I remember telling you guys two weeks ago, I said, hey, if you want to buy Solana, I have my reservations about it. But if you're going to invest in it, then 150 is probably a good place to start laddering in and DCAing because it could go down to 130 as well. I told you guys it wouldn't be a bad idea, at least in my opinion. Now, I'm not your financial advisor to buy in at 150 and then maybe buy in at 130 and then you would catch a bottom. If you had to watch that show and done that, then you may have made a decent profit there. Right now, Solana is breaking bearish out of a rising wedge that you can see right here on the daily chart. As to be expected, rising wedges typically break to the downside. The support levels I'd be looking for right now on Solana are probably going to show up mainly on VPVR. So let's go ahead and take a look at that. How about that? We have VPVR support sitting right here at $160. And then there's also some, the uh, $160 is the main level of support. Let's go ahead and draw a horizontal level right there. That's actually going to run through a lot of our price action data over there. So if Solana does continue to dip, we could see it do something like this. And then there actually would be an argument to be made that it could go into an inverse head and shoulders pattern right here and break to the upside. Again, Solana's price movement is going to have a lot to do with um, how it, it is a very powerful project and all of the decentralized applications built on top of it. In fact, if we were to switch over to DeFi Llama here, then you would see that um, the amount of money locked on Solana, I don't know if I'll be able to grab that really quickly, so I'll, I might show you guys that later. It is growing a lot because of everything being built on top of it. Solana's a good project. I would be careful about entering it right now because I don't think it's found a confirmed bottom, and I think it is also going to follow Bitcoin. With that said, let's look at a cryptocurrency that I am invested in. As you guys know, I bought Chainlink. A while ago, my first entry was up here around $33. Some people started laughing at me on Twitter, said, Jeb, you got a terrible entry. Ha ha ha. You're right. It wasn't the best entry potentially, but I don't really care because I'm planning on holding Chainlink for a multitude of years. If you don't know what Chainlink is, it is something called a layer two protocol. It exists on the Ethereum blockchain and its whole purpose is to bring off-chain data on-chain. It's called an Oracle network and it is a very, very important piece of infrastructure for decentralized applications, smart contracts, smart contracts, and especially decentralized exchanges. And for that reason, it is worth around, I want to say, $30 billion right now, and I have bought some of it. I think it is a project that will do relatively well in the next couple of years. It's currently worth uh, $9 billion. Excuse me, I jumped the gun there a little bit. But jumping back to its chart, it is in this massive symmetrical triangle pattern, as you can see right here, and it is currently breaking uh, to the downside after rejecting from this resistance, and it's probably going to come down here to probably around $18 to $19, which is this support. And then to be honest with you, I expect a very large breakout on Chainlink. Can't tell you if it's going to be up or down, but I do think we're going to see a lot of volatility coming to Chainlink in just the next couple of weeks, moving into January and maybe on into February as Bitcoin starts a new uptrend, which I think will occur. I think Chainlink will do very well. I do think that Chainlink is worth more than $9 billion. I think it should be worth, uh, it should be higher than uh, rank 21. But at the same time, guys, it is going to take time for it to prove itself. And also, um, its growth of price action is very highly tied to the growth of the applications that actually use it. So you have to do a lot more fundamental analysis on Chainlink than you might on something that is uh, a little bit more straightforward, like a Terra Luna or something where it's uh, a little bit more in a bubble. Not quite, but it's a little bit more. With that said, guys, we're going to check in with the chat here and read some super chats. But before we do, I do want to let you know who today's show is brought to you by. Today's show is actually brought to you by the North American Bitcoin Conference, which we, I'm officially announcing, are media partners of. Check out my screen over here, guys. If we go to BTC My Miami.com forward slash partners, you can see that we are actually official media partners right here beside Forbes and NBC Universal, uh, Yahoo Finance, some of these other names that you'll know from cryptocurrency like Grit Daily, CN over here, CNBC. And then there we are right there. We're also right above Monero Talk. We are official partners with BTC Miami because we're going to be there. Myself and three of my staff, I don't think anybody in this room is going to be there. Yeah, no, they're not. But we have a lot of people that are going to be going there, including myself. There's going to be four of us from the Crypto Jeb team. So if you want to sign up for this 
conference and meet me and our team in person, you can sign up with the link down below and get 20% off. I'm really looking forward to meeting you guys, shaking your hands, giving you a big old hug, maybe grabbing some coffee or something. So if you want to meet me, make sure to go ahead and sign up for that down below and shoot us an email, supportercryptojab.com. Maybe we can, you know, I don't know, meet somewhere in the conference center. It will be taking place in Miami. And uh, if you sign up for those tickets down below, like I said, you will be getting 20% off. With that said, let's go ahead and take a look at chat. Yeah. And let's read some of the supers. I think we had two, but one of them was just a donation. Full so uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to do with the donation. Shane Hansen wanted to give $10. I don't see any comment that came with it. So Shane, if you had anything that you wanted to say, let me know and tag me in that comment so I can read that. The other one is probably the sentiment that I've seen most from chat. So we can touch on it now. I think Kelly was telling me that there's some stuff we're talking about a little bit later. But Angel P donated and said uh, <laughs> XRP news question mark and that you know chat seems to be very heavy about that. Uh, wanting to know what's ha happening to XRP. Uh, I might before it goes to Jeb Kelly and T Shroom. Is there anything that snapshot people should know about XRP in the news right now? I did a quick search. It doesn't really look like um, much is is going on with that. There's some there's some big firms that are releasing price predictions on XRP that could be mm -hmm. related, but I'm not seeing any kind of like innovation or any kind of movement in the judgment that they're facing with the SEC. Yeah, if we want, uh, Jeb can uh, hop in and do a snapshot on that at some point in the show, so we just yeah. get some sort of check in on the price and targets. We can definitely do that yeah, at some point a little later. Feel free if there's anything you guys think in chat, you guys are like, hey, this is happening in XRP. Put it there because we're we're watching the chat and we'll look that up and talk about it. But yeah, as he said, we looked it up. I, I looked up on CoinMarketCap. It does not look like there's anything really like glaringly new. So if, unless there's something breaking like right as we speak, uh, yeah. love to see that. By the way, guys, if you guys are enjoying today's show, smash that like button. We've got 2,500 people, 2,300 people watching. Let's see if we can get to 1,000 likes here in the next couple of minutes. That helps to promote the show in the YouTube algorithm. So I'm very appreciative of everyone who has hit that button. Uh, by the way, Shane Hansen uh, said he, he just wanted to give because to say a quick thank you for Aww. Quick Solana TA. So. For some Quick Solana TA? Oh, thank you, Shane. I appreciate that, buddy. And well, a super sticker. Again, I don't, I don't see any other super chats. So I, there was a good question in chat yeah, that I saw. Uh, I cannot find the exact wording of it, so I'm going to have to paraphrase. Oh, no. Uh, no, that's not it. All right. So, so it was a question about Will Clemente's tweet yesterday. Okay. And I think Will Clemente was tweeting about the fact that right now it looks like retail investing in Bitcoin is just about done. It's all whales and big boys now uh, doing the trading. And he wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. That is not the data I've seen. I'd have to see what he's talking about. I think I found the chart here. Uh, total transaction fees. Yes, Mike Markle. Sorry. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at Will Clemente's Twitter right now. Bitcoin show, total transfer volume breakdown by size. Uh, total transfer volume breakdown by size. Total transfer volume breakdown by size. I would have to look more into this, guys, but one of the biggest things I have noticed in the, one of the most important, most significant um, on-chain metrics that I have seen in the last month is that the number of wallets with sub-1 Bitcoin holding Bitcoin is at basically a record high. So... There might be a little bit of a debate you would have to have there between what the on-chain data is really saying. Maybe Will Clemente would say, oh, well, that's a bunch of different people spreading out their Bitcoin, and that's different exchanges making different wallet addresses. We'd have to look into that more. But from everything I've seen, the retail is most certainly still accumulating. I'm not going to disagree with him on the surface, though. Uh, Kelly, do you have something to say to that? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that plays into this, and we're going to go into this a little bit in the show, is I, I don't think when you look at a, a tweet like this or the context of this as being that you know retail is no longer interested in Bitcoin or crypto, I think what it really plays to is the fact that uh, 
retail investment, and, and I hate to use this term, but is, is, is classified typically as dumb money. And so when the market's not doing something exciting, there's not, there's not like an yeah. outpouring of new retail money coming in. So I think that's more of what it's highlighting, that the, the retail interest low actually shows that it's actually a, a more likely a buying opportunity than when you have really high, really high retail interest, which also also peaks when you have a very high fear and greed. Uh, you know, when you're on the greed side, that actually signals a strong sell. So I think that's more of what this alludes to. Yeah. yeah. And, all, and also one of the things you have to realize, I'm, now that I had a second to like where I wasn't talking, where I could actually read this, what he's doing, he's showing a glass note chart with three different um, uh, levels. He's saying that volume 10 million plus is moving a lot more than uh, volume 1,000 to 10,000 and volume, you know, zero to 1,000. I think, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with the on-chain metric, but what I will say is I'm, I perhaps disagree with the interpretation. I would agree that retail might not be moving their crypto as much, but there is very solid reason to believe that the retail is accumulating. There might not be as much trading going back and forth, as many transactions going back and forth on Bitcoin. But I think the other reason for that is because in the first of the in the first half of this year, everybody was getting into Bitcoin and moving Bitcoin around because that was the thing that was exciting to them. Now in the last six months, they've all gotten excited by Ethereum and they've all gotten excited by, you know, NFTs and and blockchain gaming, which by the way, we're gonna talk about uh, Gala and Engine here in a little bit. I think that I, I see what he's getting at, but I don't know that I agree with the interpretation. I'd have to think more about it before I had a firm no, stance on that. I, the, though. I mean, the truth is this goes right along with the sentiment of what the whales are trying to do with manipulation and, and weeding out weak hands and shaking out the supply. Ultimately, what they're doing, they want to keep suppressing it to find out what retail investors are willing to sell. Also, uh, somebody I'm sorry, I cut no, you off. I, well, I was just saying, like, it would make sense that metrics would show retail volume getting lower yeah. because what's happening is every weak handed retail investor is getting out because they're scared every strong hand or you know diamond handed uh, retail investor is saying you know what I'm just going to sit and wait and yeah. wait for the supply to go out. And that's exactly what Wyckoff teaches when he talks about them kind of get rid of the supply. And that's why right now the volume, it's really important to watch it shrink and shrink and shrink at those lower prices because that's that's telling the market and the whales, hey, there's no one really wanting to sell. This is a good bottom. And another point I'll make here is I'll, re I'll read directly from this guy, uh, uh, a guy named Gordon who responded to Will Clemente. He said, is it not more that increasingly retail buyers buy through user-friendly corporate routes rather than setting up their own wallets? i.e. PayPal isn't making purchases for itself. It is driven by retail purchase decisions. And therefore, what he's saying is that if PayPal was to make a transaction, it's doing it on behalf of 10 million customers, but they're only making one transaction. That's probably $250 million. So it might the, the, the thing that might be driving this data is that you're seeing more people instead of setting up wallets on their own, because now in the last six months, we've started moving from the early, from the innovator stage to the early adopter stage of, on the S-curve of adoption. You're seeing more and more people that are not the cypherpunks that started this space using all their own wallets. Instead, they're buying on a Robinhood or they're buying on a Coinbase or they're buying on a, um, uh, on, a on a PayPal or on a, uh, I think, um, not Venmo, Cash App has the ability to buy now. Venmo, I think, does too. I think that might be one of the things we're seeing as well. There's a lot of retail accumulation that does affect the price that might not necessarily be showing up in this data. Of course, you have to make sure that you have to look at every single piece of data with a grain of salt. And of course, there is healthy debate that can happen in all of these things. I'd love to talk to Will Clemente about that if he would ever like to come on the show. But let's go ahead and jump on to some Bitcoin TA here. You can see that there are a ton of spider lines and trend lines and everything on my chart. And I'm going to break down what all they mean. I promise this is not as uh, threatening as it looks. It is actually going to be pretty straightforward. But the first thing that we need to show you here is this. Bitcoin rallied all the way up here to this resistance zone that we have set many, many times in history. We used it as support back over here in March and April. We used it as resistance here on the day that El Salvador adopted Bitcoin. The 7th or the 6th of September is one of those two days. And then we've also used it as support back 
in this time frame. We rejected off of it in the last couple of days. If you'll remember to yesterday, what did we say? We said it is probably not a good idea to go into a long position expecting a breakout because the breakout has not happened yet. And none of our technical indicators that say a breakout is close have yet told us that that breakout is confirmed. You see how that works? Our technical indicators, once we know how to read them, they can tell us that, hey, a breakout's coming. It's going to be here soon. But that doesn't mean that it's happened. We were expecting a break to the upside, but we did not have confirmation for it yet. That's why we teach you guys about things like confirmation in the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, which is linked down below if you want to learn more about TA. That's where I teach you guys everything I know. What we have now seen is we see, we have seen a major liquidation event. And I'm going to start here with the liquidations, then we're going to run through the TA, because I think this is really the driving force behind this drop. I don't think a bunch of people sold the market and got out and freaked out and fudded. I think a lot of people got liquidated in those longs when Bitcoin was going through a healthy correction, and it exacerbated the entire thing and caused us to drop farther. This is coinglass.com forward slash liquidation data. We have no sponsor or affiliate or anything with them. I just really like their service. Over the last 24 hours, you can see that $430 million worth of Bitcoin have been liquidated. And over the last several days, cumulatively, there has been quite a bit more. If you take a look here, you can see that um, in this 12-hour period on the 27th of December, there was $200 million in longs liquidated. Over here, the next 12-hour period, there was $227 million in longs liquidated. And in just the last 12 hours alone, there has been $120 million in longs liquidated. That means that there's been nearly $650 million worth of longs getting liquidated, including a lot of these smaller little candles right here, like $30 million here and $50 million here. You know, $30 million there, $50 million here. What gives? What's the difference? $650 million. That'll cause a drop. You can also see the same thing happen back over here on the 3rd of December. $1.51 billion got liquidated. What happened on the 3rd of December? Well, Bitcoin dropped like an absolute stone. Guys, liquidation is something that you need to pay close attention to because it is literally a domino, uh, it is literally a domino effect. Whenever somebody gets liquidated, it forces them to sell to cover that. Uh, it forces them to uh, sell to cover themselves, and that causes the market to drop, which then triggers other liquidation prices, which then causes selling, which then drops the market, which causes other liquidation prices, and it causes a cascading effect, and it causes something called a long squeeze or a short squeeze. In this case, it is what is known as a long squeeze. It's not a very fast long squeeze, but it's kind of more like a long uh, waterfall. That's kind of what we're looking at. A short squeeze, on the other hand, uh, short positions get knocked out. They're forced to buy, and that causes the market to rally. A good example of that was back in 2018. I'll show you right here. I remember watching this live. This candlestick right here on the 12th of April 2018 is 17% uh, tall. That's a daily candlestick. But if you zoom into the hourly chart and you go all the way back to the 12th of April, here's some homework for you. you go back to the 12th of April 2018, we actually rallied 15% in a single hour. That's because about $2 billion worth of shorts got liquidated. So short and long liquidations are a very important thing that you need to look at. And of course, a, a reference for you guys uh, to look at this is coinglass.com forward slash liquidation data. Uh, Kelly, if you want to put that in the chat or something and they... Uh, can zoom, they can scroll back and see that. But anyway, so that's kind of the preface for what's going on here. I'm going to talk about why I think a lot of people were in long positions a little bit later, but let's run through the actual technical analysis itself. As we talked about yesterday, Bitcoin was not confirmed breaking to, the breaking to the upside for a multitude of reasons. Number one, we had not broken above 50 on the RSI. Not doing that indicates to us that we had not yet entered the bullish control zone. And before we got too excited about a Bitcoin rally, we wanted to see Bitcoin's RSI move up to 55 or 60. That, of course, did not happen. We rejected from 50, and that indicates to us that we are still in a technical downtrend, but we are hoping for an uptrend. In fact, I would say even less than a downtrend, we're more in a sideways accumulation phase right now. Not a Wyckoff accumulation phase, just a regular old sideways accumulation area where I think a lot of people are buying and selling. The weak hands are selling, the strong hands are buying. That sets up a very strong support foundation. It's all a good thing. MACD is converging bearish. 
This indicates to us that the uh, bullish exuberance has uh, waned just a little bit. Probably not something that we need to worry too much about, but it has, of course, happened. The next thing to show you is here on the Bollinger Bands. We have actually dropped beneath the Bollinger Bands. We saw that the Bollinger Bands were giving us support around 48500 I actually posted on Twitter yesterday. Look at how amazing that support at $48,500 is, and then it got shattered. Of course, we dropped below it about 1000 bucks. It happens, guys. You might find support or resistance, and you're like, oh, wow, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and then it gets absolutely knocked out. It's kind of what happened yesterday. But again, one of the things you need to keep in mind, we always want to be ready to update our technical analysis on the fly. And that's what we're doing here because things have changed just a little bit from yesterday. I think it only delays things by a few days, maybe two to five days. I think we will see that break to the upside, but it might take a little bit longer now. I don't think that's a bad thing. And even if it takes a month, who cares? Let's buy some, buy the dip, and get excited because a rally will come. The on-chain metrics are very clear. Everything is screaming bullish. Just because it didn't happen today doesn't mean that's not going to happen in a week or two from now. Now, another thing I'll show you, and this really uh, depends on the time that you look at this. When I wrote this note, this was the case. This candlestick looks a little bit like a spinning top. A spinning top candlestick formation has an equally sized upper wick to lower wick, and it has a small candle body. This right here, when I wrote this note, Bitcoin was about $400 lower. It did look like a spinning top because the body was basically non-existent right here. So depending on how Bitcoin closes right here, you may actually end up seeing a spinning top. This right here is an example of a spinning top. Uh, this right here actually is an example of a spinning top, and this is too. Those are just some examples. See how the wicks are about the same size. That signals indecision. That would actually be a pretty strong sign. It would mean that we are likely bottoming. But if Bitcoin does rally all the way up here and we close at $48,000 or something like that, then we're seeing something called a hammer formation. And that's not a bad thing either, because typically speaking, that's a bottoming pattern also. So pay close attention to the candlestick analysis. We will be keeping you guys up to date on the Japanese candlestick analysis as well. Taking a look at volume here, volume had a large spike yesterday. We are relatively low today, but of course today is not over. I personally am actually kind of happy to see a decent amount of volume coming in. I like seeing volume. I like seeing volatility. But Tim, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that volume. What do you think about that, buddy? And then we're going to talk about Market Cipher. Well, I mean, the volume came in. I, I, I think I said, I kind of preface this. I'm in a boat of I was wrong somewhere and I don't know where. Because <laughs> I, I was wrong that. in some areas and right in other areas. And I'm really trying to assess where I was wrong and where I was right. And the reason why is because I was sure I was firmly confident. You guys know, I talked about this a couple of days ago or like a week ago, talked about it yesterday on Twitter. I had been saying we needed to touch 47.7 for a while, right? So when we saw that, I was like, great, yep. this is awesome. This is what I, this, this is turning former uh, resistance into support, which is a great thing for Bitcoin. Then we kept dropping a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if that happens, if we can't turn that resistance into support, then we'll probably need to go back down to 45. And then that you saw that increase in volume. And I was like, okay, this is continually seeing that there's supply left. Like I said, the whole purpose of turning former resistance into supply is a last place of supply or last uh, level of supply. So I think it's L last point of supply because it's LPS. Anyway. We're bouncing right now and hanging tight between 48 and 47.3-ish, right? We're not really using 47.7 as support. We're more using 47.3. 
uh, and the volume increased at the level to get us down there, but also stayed high to get us to bounce back up. So I'm kind of in a boat of saying, are we going to, this is a battle between the Bulls and the Bears. Yep. Are we going to see the Bears went out and take us back down to 45, which I think is a very real possibility because in that case, it just means the accumulation phase is lasting longer. Remember I said I was wrong about when I was right. A couple weeks ago, I said it would kind of be nice if this accumulation phase lasted into the first week of January because it would actually help Bitcoin's explosiveness. But then we look like we were rallying too early. So I was like, all right, that's not going to happen. It's time to go. So that's why I'm kind of in a boat of like, I'm I'm wrong, but I'm not quite sure where. Are we going to yeah. continue to come down and yeah. extend this accumulation phase? Or are we just turning that 47.7 level more like a zone down to yeah. 47.3 into support before a nice rally? Well, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Because if you look at the VPVR here on the daily chart, you can see that we're actually sitting right on top of the VPVR uh, maximum, even for the last year since we spent so much time here, the VPVR maxima is at $47,800. Where are we right now? Uh, we're at $47,800. So we are literally at the strongest uh, level of support in the entire market for the last year, according to the VPVR. And remember what we talked about with VPVR. It acts like a mountain. As you're sitting on the top of the mountain, which where are we right now? We're on top of the mountain. You can see it right here. I'll just go to a blank chart so it's just that, and you can see it a little bit easier. No, I can't delete Top Hat Guy. we got to keep him. That's an inside joke for anybody who doesn't know. As you can see, we're sitting right here on top of the top, uh, on top of the mountain. You can see we're sitting right here. The ball either rolls down the mountain to the downside or down the mountain to the downside or the upside, I guess you could say. But the ball doesn't like sitting on top of the mountain. It likes rolling down the mountain. We saw the same thing happen over here. We were sitting on top of this mountain. At this point, we could have rolled up. We could have rolled down. We actually rolled down, and then we pulled all the way back down to this peak. That's what we're seeing happen right now, guys. Bitcoin is about to roll down the mountain. I think it's going to roll up the mountain. I think it's going to push up towards 53, 54, 55,000. There is an argument to be made that we could roll down the mountain to 42,000. 42,000 has been a distinct possibility, and I've mentioned that for the last six weeks. I don't think it's going to happen, but as I have been saying since mid-November, 42 is in the cards, and I want you to know that. I am fully aware that it's in the cards. I don't think it's what's likely, but it is possible. With that said, let's go ahead and jump back onto our chart, and I will show you a couple of the levels of support that we're looking at. And I'm going to run through this quickly because we're a couple minutes behind, but that's okay. We're going to jump straight on into, um, we're going to look at fear and greed index here in a second also. we got some interesting stuff to talk about there. Now, I want to show you these four. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're green. I hope they're green, guys. You know I'm colorblind. Don't make fun of me. That's that's uh, ableist. I don't know. Don't, don't do that. That'd be me. No, I'm kidding. I don't care. I'm not sensitive about it. But this line right here marking these two highs starting back over on the 15th of April and then over here on the 6th of September. If you draw that to the downside, that gives us one of our lines right here. I'm going to show them all in more recent context here in a second. Our second line, which is pushing to the upside right here, is constituted by these highs right over here. And this low at this point, this line is a very important trend line that has been in play for the last six months. We also have this longer term trend line that goes all the way back. I mean, you can extrapolate this thing all the way back to the 21st of December 2019. And then you touch on different highs right here and right here and right here and lows right here. And then it touches right here on the 20th of, of July. And then that comes up and gives us support. And then we also have another uptrending level of support right here that brings in these three lows. So that's where these four lines come in. But let's jump out into the four hourly chart and see what they're doing. They're they're giving us almost like an hourglass shaped uh, zone of support right here. This zone right here is built by four different six month to two year long trend lines of support. These are very powerful levels of support that we need to pay attention to. And guess what? Every single one of them brings in support between $44,000 and $46,000. So if you're concerned about Bitcoin having some kind of massive drop and you think the bull market's over and Bitcoin's about to have a giant crash, you first have to answer the question, where is Bitcoin going to get the strength to push through all the way below $43,500. 
I don't think that the Bears have that power or they would have done it a month ago. I am pretty confident that we're close to the bottom. And again, we might pull back down to 45. We might pull back down to 46. Is $45,000 in the cards as we talked about in the title? Yes, that would be right here in the middle of this triangle. Of course, Bitcoin could go down to $45,000 first, guys. Bitcoin can do whatever it wants. But the analysis shows us from, at this point, probably over 100 different technical and on-chain factors that the bottom is close and that we are expecting a rally in January. That is the overwhelming consensus, not just from us, but from many of the respected analysts here in the cryptocurrency market that I know and that you probably follow. With that said, I also do want to mention briefly MarketCypher and LuxAlgo. We're going to run through them very quickly here. Taking a look here at MarketCypher DBSI on the daily chart, I talked about how, or excuse me, not on the daily chart, on the weekly chart. Yesterday, we talked about how there are larger numbers coming in down here on the bottom. This is a weekly chart trend that has been taking place for the last two or three weeks, moving from a lot of bearish pressure to more bullish pressure. One day of a drop of $2,000 is not going to invalidate this long-term prediction and analysis. And by the way, it's also not going to invalidate our our two and a half years long worth of um, analysis on Bitcoin with the market cipher B that we talked about yesterday, where whenever you see the VP, uh, the VWAP cross above zero, and then you see a green dot, you see a major rally, green dot, VWAP cross, major rally. If you want more detail on that, you'll have to go back probably about 40 minutes into yesterday's show when we talk about market cipher. And down on the four hourly chart, I also want to show you something else. There is a very obvious setup coming in here on market cipher. I don't think that we're fully there yet. I would want to see another candlestick or two on four hourly chart market cipher. But right now, what we're seeing is that RSI is rounding to the upside. Great sign. VWAP's pushing to the upside. Just cross zero. Remember what we said about VWAP and green dots at the same time. VWAP cross zero. Green dots coming in. That is a good sign. Means momentum's coming to the upside. Now, the last thing I want to see on market cipher is I want to see this red money flow start to curve. And then about two-thirds of the way through this curve, which might happen in two, three candlesticks, that would potentially be a buying opportunity here on market cipher B. But I do think we're getting a very, very early warning sign that we might be about to see a rally. Now, final thing I want to mention here on the four-hourly chart before we move on because like I said, we're going to talk about the fair and greed index, is the... Um is the uh, da, 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 Lux Algo. Lux Algo right now is giving you a little bit of a mixed signal, but I'll tell you what it's saying. It's saying that we're still in a confirmed downtrend and we have been ever since right here. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of why, but basically what this means is that every single one of these, so this one, this one, that 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 one, this one, this one, and this one, every single one of those signals came in and it was not confirmed by the other two pieces of Lux Algo that we use for confirmation. The last time we saw a confirmed signal on Lux Algo was right here. And quite frankly, this one was just a reinforcement of this one. So to be honest with you, Lux Algo, if you know how to read it, has said that we are in a confirmed strong downtrend ever since the 10th of November. This is why you should get Lux Algo. And by the way, they only have two days left on their lifetime sale. So if you want to get access to that, use coupon code Jeff for 20% off. Link is in the description box down below. Nevertheless, guys, the bullishness on Bitcoin is there. It just has not been confirmed yet. If we see confirmation of a movement to the upside on Lux Algo on the four hourly chart, that'll be a great first sign, but I'm not going to make a long trade and, and you know bet that Bitcoin's going to move to the upside for the next two weeks based off of just that. But it would be a good early warning sign. Even that has not happened yet. So I want to be crystal clear. I want to be so clear on this because I don't want you guys walking away from this you know, being confused. Bitcoin is extremely bullish right now. Potentially. In potential, the things that are saying the potential of what Bitcoin could do are extremely bullish. What is actually happening right now is Bitcoin is trading sideways. That's not a bad thing. That just means that we're getting set up. That means that we are letting the weak hands sell to the strong hands, which allows us to establish a more solid foundation so that when Bitcoin does go into a rally, we're able to sustain it further and longer and more powerfully. So is Bitcoin bullish? 
It has a lot of indicators, on-chain metrics and technical alike, telling us that if we do break certain levels like 53, 54, 55, we're going to go into a massive uptrend, and those on-chain metrics are screaming. They're piping hot, guys, but they have not been confirmed yet. So let's not jump the gun. I don't think it's a good idea right now to go and enter a long trade, but I do think it is a good idea to pay very, very close attention because a confirmation could be coming at any moment in time. Now, I do also want to mention one thing here on Crypto Fear and Greed Index. And then we're going to continue and move into our first, our second segment on discussion. Fear and Greed, if you don't know, is over on a website called, called alternative.me forward slash crypto forward slash fear hyphen and hyphen greed hyphen index forward slash. You can also just type in crypto fear and greed and you'll probably find this. But this site right here basically uses... A lot of different data like volatility, market momentum and volume, social media, surveys, which are always paused for some reason, dominance and trends to give us something called the fear and greed index. You might be looking at this graph and you might be thinking, okay, that's pretty useless data. It just moves sideways. But what you have to do is you have to zoom out to the one-year time frame. If you zoom out to the one-year time frame, you're going to see something very interesting. You're going to see a pattern that looks remarkably like Bitcoin because on Bitcoin, there were two, actually there were three, including this one, major periods of, of movement to the downside. Here, a large one. Here, a smaller one. And then again, here's a smaller one. If you look at fear and greed index, you see one large one, one smaller one, and then one slightly larger one. This is the last year of data. Fear and greed index, whenever it's sitting up at 74, 75, 80, 85, that's the territory to be thinking about selling. Whenever you're down here around 18, 19, 20, 23, 25, those are the territories to be looking at buying. Fear and greed index is a great metric for looking at longer term price movements. And fear and greed index tells us, hey, look, we tried to have a little rally over the last few days. Didn't really go our way. And now we're back down to around 27. Anything below 30 on fear and greed index, in my opinion, is an area you should be thinking about buying. Anything above 70 to 80 is an area where, in my opinion, you should think, be thinking about selling if you are swing trading. But of course, it is only one metric. Basically, what it's telling us right now is that Bitcoin is in buying territory just the same as we were in this territory right here and just the same as we were in this territory right here. You would have liked to have bought in these territories because after the first dip, you would have seen a rally of 60%. After the second one, you would have seen a rally of 50%. So with that said, is now a time to be buying Bitcoin or is now a time to be selling Bitcoin? That's your decision and that comes down to your risk tolerance and your time horizon. But I personally think that if you're looking to buy Bitcoin and hold it for 12 months or longer, that now is one of the best times you're yeah. going to see for the rest of this year. See what I did there? Even for the rest of this quarter, moving into quarter one. Yeah, I, I'm going to even echo that. That's just my thinking. I want to tell you guys what I'm doing, and I want to hear what, you know, I would even love to hear what Kelly and T-Shirt were thinking. And Smay, too, because uh, Smay's an investor as well. We need to hear more, Smay. Yeah, Smay, come on. Uh, this is a time that I am buying and I potentially might even do a trade, but I'm not going to do a leveraged trade. I might do some where I put it into my trade portfolio, let it grow and grow. And then when I think there's a peak when I want to take profit, I'll take profit instead of just hodling and then move it over my hodl portfolio later. My if hodl. I was going to do a leveraged trade, which I've never done a leveraged trade, I want to be very clear with. But if I was going to, this is not nothing has been confirmed to the downside or the upside. Mm. So I wouldn't want to leverage a short and I wouldn't want to leverage a long. The truth is, especially for anyone who's newer, I just wouldn't leverage for right now until you get very good at trading uh, and looking for confirmations and being very accurate with those. Uh, but that that's what a lot of people have done. And we just talked about that $500 million yeah. liquidations, $500 million worth of trades where people saying, oh, I know it's about to go up. So I'm going to go ahead and enter a leverage trade right here. And then they got liquidated. When you, when you do, when you just trade normal, like on Coinbase Pro, which is what I use, you do not get liquidated yeah. because it would have to go to zero to liquidate. You can't liquidate yourself, yeah. Uh, what is, what is, uh, real quick, I'm, what did Kelly and T-Shirt, I know we're probably running late on the show. but You're okay. Uh, 
It muted. What's the question? No, we're doing okay. I, I, I kind of adjusted times as I go through yeah. because we were pretty fluid. And I, I'll actually bring this up now. We were going to talk about it a little later, but this fits perfectly with what you're talking about. What I what I just did uh, two days ago is I, I closed about $20,000 worth of uh, a particular coin for the purpose. And I think, honestly, I think this has this this has a little bit of the effect on what's going on with the market right now. And that's this concept of tax harvesting, you know, because back yep, in 2017, 2018, there were so many people that became like very, very quick or sudden Bitcoin or crypto millionaires. And then the market crashed and they were not prepared. They did, they never took profits. And this is why it's so important to take profits because they never took profits. Then what happened when the, you know, tax day came around, they, so there were people, I saw articles with 300, 400, $600,000 in taxes due and they know how they no longer had a portfolio of a balance that could even cover that. So now they're basically setting themselves up for huge sort of, you know, federal, federal uh, crime, you know, not paying taxes or uh, all these sorts of things. So what I did was I, you know, I'm, I'm holding fast on almost all of my uh, uh, portfolio, but I did do a, a small trade to cover some, uh, some taxes from trades that I've done, you know, gains throughout the year, but also I'm holding off and it happened perfect timing because of TA, because I was looking at all the data. Uh, and now, now I'm actually going to be in a position where when I rebuy, uh, I'll actually have paid for my taxes itself from just taking that tax harvest. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, guys, we actually did an interview with our crypto CPA, which by the way, if you don't have a crypto CPA, you absolutely should get one. Uh, we we recommend Lorenzo. He's a good friend of the show and he is our CPA. We did an interview with him a few, a couple weeks back. If you go back on the channel, you'll be able to find it. And we talked about this concept of tax loss harvesting and how it is a completely legal, completely legal. We never, ever, 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 I want to be clear on this, we never endorse anything illegal of any type, any shape or form. It's a completely legal way to lower your tax bill. So if you'd like to see that, make sure to go back and watch that video. With that said, T. Shrim, I have a question for you. Why do you think that Bitcoin is dropping while the S&P 500 is rallying? We've seen a lot of bullishness coming into the stock market. Do you think people are leaving Bitcoin because it's boring and moving into the stock market where people are literally getting 100% returns year over year right now? It is absolutely insane. Yeah, well, I think it has to do also, well, it's, it's the end of the year, right? I mean, if traders are even active at the end of the year, they're, they're looking to do something quick and easy. And the stock market has been able to provide that quick turnaround. Uh, there's all kinds of names that are just rallying here at the end of the year that are in, whether it's the S&P or Apple or Amazon or names like that, Boeing. Um, you know, they're just looking to get into something quick and easy and sure. And, you know, if, if, it, if it were to fall down, um, you know, they'd still be holding something like Apple or Amazon. And, you know, when you, when you look into something like Bitcoin, obviously it has a much longer uh, time horizon of profits and it can it can con continually make uh, some more significant gains. But it's not as sure. It's not as easy as as it's as the stock market is perceived to be. So it's exactly what you said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just very, very important that people realize that Bitcoin is a large enough market now that it does not exist in a bubble. Bitcoin is a market that does have effects on it from outside markets, and it is large enough now to affect external markets. And the final thing I'll mention on that before we read some super chats and go to our intermission is this. You guys need to understand that Bitcoin is a trillion dollar market. The S&P 500 is a 40 trillion dollar market. U.S. stock markets are worth so much money. The New York Stock Exchange has 33 something like that trillion dollars being traded on it. There is so much money out there in the world. Bitcoin just needs evangelists like this channel and like you to go and spread the good word of Bitcoin. And by the way, we got a really cool thing launching here in the next week or two that will help do just that. So stay tuned. We got a really, 
really week awesome or two. You mean Friday? Is it coming Friday? Dude, I told you it's coming Friday. I know. Friday, I just baby. didn't want to tease something. I wasn't totally no, sure about it. No, I'm going to tease it. It's, it's Friday. Friday. It's going to be done Friday. Guys, we got so me. We got here. Let me let me just tease this for you. I'm oh, not going to give you oh, I'm not okay, going to I'm not going to I'm not going to give you many details. All right? God, I'm not going to give you that many details. You'll just have to see it. But um what's coming out Friday is the most highly produced video we've ever made. Boom. I said it. Oh, Put you on the spot. Oh. And you're going to love it and you're going to share it with all your friends and it's going to be great and we've been working really hard on it and you're going to see one every Friday. Anyway, let's go ahead. A special shout out to T-Shroom, by the way. Special shout out to T-Shroom. He helped to write it. So you guys will be seeing that in two days. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It'll be the perfect way to wrap out the new uh, wrap out the year and move into the new year under a new production schedule. But let's go ahead and read some super chats and keep moving. We got Ethereum yeah. coming up here in I, a second. We, I, I did. I had some time to organize some. So the, I'm going to start with some TA questions. Cool. Uh, all about Bitcoin. I think they're all about Bitcoin. Yes. Uh, Famukify. Famukify. I think he's given before. Thank you so much. He said, great show. Is a head and shoulder forming on Bitcoin on the day? Ah, yeah. I was wondering if somebody yeah. was going to ask that. The, the chat's been talking about it. Kelly and, and I yeah. have been talking about that this morning. I literally walked up to Kelly and said, Kelly, you know people are going to ask about this today. What are we going to talk about with this? We're actually going to... Kelly, do you think we ought to talk about this now or in the concluding segment? You're the one that puts all the show map together. Do you think we ought to talk about that now? Let's just go ahead and dive in right now. While it's Let's rolling. go ahead and dive right in now. So I will set the stage for what we are talking about from a Famukafi is asking. So right now, there is a zone of resistance on Bitcoin in between roughly $52,000 and $53,000. This very much looks like a pretty clean cut shoulder line for a head and shoulders pattern right here. The neckline is not quite that simple. The neckline would technically be this trend line that I drew earlier. Here's the problem with this head and shoulders pattern. Could it play out and could Bitcoin drop to the downside? Yes, it could, but there's two major problems with that. Number one is price target. If you just draw the head and shoulders price target like this is all the way at $16,700. I will say with 99% confidence, I am basically almost positive you will never see a $16,700 Bitcoin ever again. Could be totally wrong, but unless Bitcoin, you know, gets replaced by some other proof of uh, proof of work, uh, excuse me, not proof of work, store of value, cryptocurrency, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. And secondly, I think that would fly in the face of all of the on-chain data. That being said, it is a bearish pattern, and I could see it potentially predicting something like a $42,000 Bitcoin, a $40,000 Bitcoin, maybe even a $30,000 Bitcoin. Pump the brakes, though. I'm not saying we're going to $30,000. I'm saying that this could be predicting a $30,000 Bitcoin. Here's the thing, though, guys. This is why we bring you so many different data pieces. I have shown you over the last two or three weeks... I don't, I don't have an exact count, but probably over a hundred different technical indicators, chart formations, on-chain metrics, fundamental developments, news stories, and more. And probably about 85% of them are remarkably bullish. So yes, this is a bearish thing. And by the way, I see all the chat about the death cross in the chat. I'm not even going to show it on chat. I have talked about death crosses so many times. They're a complete joke. Golden crosses actually tend to be pretty important. If you go back and you look at the history of death crosses, they're almost always showing up two-thirds of the way through the correction. We can talk about that in tomorrow's show if you would like since it is coming up. The point is this. You will get burned in crypto if you make a trade based off of one indicator. You does that make sense? That's like going out and voting for somebody and you're like, oh, well, I know their policy on this one thing. And you don't even know what they think in the other hundred policies that matter. You might vote for them and say, hey, well, I agree with this one thing. And then you realize they get into office and you're like, oh, wow, I disagree with you on 99% of your stuff. Well, you didn't do your research. That's why we do this show. We want to help you do your research and bring it to you and curate it for you. It's very important that you look at the entire picture and get your perspective. Is there a bullish, is there a bearish head and shoulders pattern forming? Yes. Is a death cross coming? Yes, it is actually relatively close or it's already happened. I need to look at it. Is that something that I'm worried about? No. 
You know, Jeb, I, I wish there was something we could look back on in recent history to say, hey, do you ever form a head and shoulders pattern in a massive form and then don't play it out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost like that happened earlier this year when we saw the head and shoulders pattern form right here. Oh, would you look at that? Well, would you look at that? Wow. We had a shoulder line at, at $30,000. And guess what? This head and shoulders pattern had a price target of, let's see, where did <laughs> like its price 9, target 000. go? It had, a, it had a price target of, oh, look at that, negative $5,000. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not going to happen, right? I don't, oh, does anybody realistically think we're going to go to negative $5,000 on Bitcoin? Maybe some of those guys out there think Bitcoin's still a Ponzi scheme. Guys, yeah. Head and shoulders patterns are very important. In fact, I pay attention to them very closely on shorter term time frames. When you get onto the longer term time frames and you start making these wild predictions of 16K or negative 5K, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving because we have some other let's good questions. Uh, Gabriel Velez said, Bitcoin bump and run pattern played out perfectly and we just had the throwback phase to previous downward wow. resistance as support. Might test it one more time. Gosh, I have not seen a bump and run pattern in a very long time. I'm going to have to go back and research the bump and run before I talk about it, but... Uh, Tim, have you ever seen a bump and run pattern? Do you know what he's talking about? Well, I, I've done analysis. I, I don't know on if I've seen. I, I understand the concept of what's happening. Don't I don't know if I. I don't know if I know. Is there a specific look at? I need to. to have? I need to look up what it looks like. It's been a year since I've seen a bump and run pattern. Take it away, Kelly. So if you go back, that's right. If, that's what. It if you like. go back and look at the, uh, I think it was the May through uh, June uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty classic bump and run as well because you had yeah. this massive trend line coming down uh, to where we, we bottomed and then how we went sideways. We broke through that and then we came back right. and tested that. That test. Uh, on that diagonal uh, support resistance uh, line, yep. flipping it to support, that's uh, the bump and run. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like I said, I just needed to refresh myself on that. Basically what he's talking about, guys, there was a downtrend right here. You can see we came down, broke through it, tested it again, and then we started to move. That's kind of what we're seeing happen right now. And you're absolutely right. We have a downtrend right here. Broke through it, came back down. We're back testing it. And now I think we will be going into a movement to the upside in the next couple of days. Good awesome. point. Go also, go ahead. Uh, not only the, I mean, I guess this would be directly relevant to the bump and run uh, fractal. But even you know when we were when we were looking at the charts earlier, but when we were doing the show prep and going over you know just discussion, uh, it was even just looking at it without even knowing patterns. You could look at the the correction down in May uh, through June. You could also look at uh, there's there's two or three. But if you look just looking at the 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 structure of those uh, of those corrections, we're playing out the almost an exact fractal of basically slight downtrend with the with a bump that comes down that tests it further essentially like uh, like the Wyckoff as we were discussing yeah. where you have to go down get mm -hmm. that last final flush out to the bottom side and we're just playing we're playing it out exactly that, that's one of the funny things about all markets but specifically with Bitcoin uh, these these patterns you will see repeating okay. patterns that's why it's so important especially if you're new to look back at charts and get familiar because you'll see how how the reaction to the market how the market reacts to certain patterns and how it will play out from there and you can you can place your bets accordingly and you can be prepared and much like we said yesterday and much like we talk about in the ct2a and much like we talk about every day on the show have like have bullish opium fine but always plan for the worst case scenario yep. have your stop losses be mm. be if you're swing trading if you're holding just keep holding <laughs> but uh to be prepared absolutely be guys prepared. well we're gonna go ahead and, well we're gonna go ahead and jump into ethereum here do as the boy scouts say and be prepared and uh don't sell boys uh, girl scout cookies but we're gonna go ahead and talk about ethereum here we're gonna 
run through Ethereum relatively quickly. We're going to run through our cryptos. We're a couple minutes behind, but that's okay. We're going to catch you up, guys. You guys know I can talk fast. Ethereum right now has a uh, falling wedge that it had tried to break bullish out of, and it has currently started to fail that. If you want to talk about bump and run patterns, you could also argue that one is taking place here on Ethereum. Downtrend, broke bullish, came back, back-tested. Now we might see a rally. Remember, guys, the levels of support that we're looking at on Ethereum play in from our Fibonacci. We talked about this you know, a couple weeks ago, but it's still in play, guys. There's a strong level of support, 38.2, which is the inverse of 61.8, which is very important, sitting at uh, $3,669. That level's huge. Also, the halfway mark here is $3,300. That level is huge. Also, I said four weeks ago that I thought we were going to go to $3,300. Didn't happen, but it is still in the cards. If Ethereum does need to drop, just know that it has very strong support at $3,300. And if it does do that, then it probably would end up having a very large rally. Talking just very quickly about some of our oscillators, we can see that there has been a full-on bear cross come in on the on the uh, MACD here for um, Ethereum. It's not necessarily a bad thing. We saw the same thing happen back over here in June and July. We saw a bullish rally followed by a bearish cross. We saw a false bullish cross, and then we saw the actual bullish cross. We could just be seeing the exact same thing play out here. Not something that I am concerned about in the slightest. We have also rejected from the 70 level or from the 50 level here on the RSI, and there is a bit of a downtrend forming right here. But also you can see that there are three equal bottoms here equal bottoms here on the rsi could indicate that we're getting close to a bottom on rsi and as you can see we've also set strong support around 3650 if we hold that, then that is going to be absolutely beautiful. Now, let's take a look quickly here at Lux Algo. As you guys know, daily chart hasn't changed. We are still under a confirmed sell signal ever since the 16th of November. If you guys want a reason to get Lux Algo, just take a look at how awesome it is at calling these rallies. I have not, I have not manipulated this to try and show you a signal or anything. Like these signals are actually just the way they are. And by the way, all four of these are confirmed signals. Like uh, these two, for example, are not confirmed signals. I don't have time to go into why, but these five signals right here, all five of these are confirmed signals confirmed by other indicators in Luxalgo. Very, very powerful technical indicator. Looking down on the four hourly chart, we're obviously going to be bearish. We have a sell signal. We are in a confirmed downtrend. Luxalgo is saying that Ethereum is going to need to get up probably to about $4,200 to $4,300 before we go into a confirmed uptrend. I've talked about why a little bit in previous shows, so I'm going to leave it there for that. Here's the point on Ethereum. It's following Bitcoin right now. When Bitcoin's bearish, Ethereum's going to be bearish. When Bitcoin's bullish, Ethereum's going to be bullish. It will probably lag three to five days behind Bitcoin in any of its movements. That is what it tends to do. Bitcoin is king. Ethereum is queen. Ethereum follows Bitcoin's lead. That's just kind of the way the game is played. With that said, though. We're also going to talk a little bit about Gala, which is a cryptocurrency project having to do with uh, blockchain gaming, which is really, really cool, guys. There's a lot of great things being built on Gala. You can go over to their website. You can look at all the different games. There's all kinds of different games over there that look extremely exciting to me and that I would love to play. As you guys know, I recently uh, completely went cold turkey on playing video games, so I don't really do a lot in the blockchain gaming space for my own mental health, but there are some games in the Gala ecosystem that are making people $200, $300, $400 a day. There's one guy, I think, that's making like forty grand a month through playing some of those games over there. These play-to-earn games are going going to be one of the biggest parts of the new economy moving forward. They are what you would call a, um, a uh, category four economic structure, category one being ec uh, resource um, extraction, category two being resource refinement, category three being data, and then category four being industries that are built on top of data. So it is going to be a big part of that industry moving forward. As far as this price action is concerned, you want to talk about a bump and run. Here's another, maybe an example of it. Um, we see that there was a downtrend here on Gala broke to the upside, coming back down, back testing, and then we may see a movement to the upside here. A lot of this is going to have to do with hype, guys. If people enjoy playing the games over on Gala and they remember and they remain profitable, then Gala is going to do very, very well and it's going to continue to rally. I believe it's sitting around 
40 or 50 right now on coin market cap. Let's take a look at it here. 49 sitting at a $3 billion market capitalization. Guys, uh, there are games that will make companies a billion dollars a year in single games. Gala has a ton of them built on it. I do think that this has the potential to be a $10 billion project. But also keep in mind some of the original games companies out there during the actual dawn of the original games, uh, the original gaming industry like Atari and some of these other games companies that you might not even know, that I don't even know, they may have been worth $2 billion at one point, now they're worth zero. So just remember, the first mover in any, in any specific industry is not always the mover that goes to a trillion dollars in valuation. Apple was not the first uh, company to invent the mouse, by the way. The company that would end up becoming Hewlett Packard was the one that developed it. Apple used it and found out a way to mass market it. So just keep in mind, just because they're first mover does not mean that they're always going to be top dog. There can be other projects that come along. As far as the project is concerned, though, I think it's a good one. And I also think right now is a very interesting time, time in Gala because if it does manage to stay above 45 cents, that could be a buying opportunity, especially as these two trend lines continue to converge in just the next week or so. With that said, we're also going to talk about engine, which engine is, uh, I think the best thing that you could say that engine is as an analogy to the uh, gaming world is an SDK that's called a, a software development kit. Engine is sitting around 61. Gala is a project that builds its own games on top of itself, but Engine is a software kit, basically a blockchain equivalent of that that allow that gives uh, developers uh, different tools for developing blockchain games. So it's a little bit different than Gala. It's not a it's not its own like games company, if you will. It's more of a software that you can use to build games. Is the way that I would use the analogy on it. It is definitely one of the definitely one of the players in the blockchain gaming space, though. As far as its price is concerned, though, guys, right now, it does have a downtrend in play. It's also got an uptrend in play right here. My chart vision is coming into play, and I can see it right there. I'm literally doing analysis on both of these projects on the fly, just so you know. The way we do these snapshots at the end of the show is uh, is in a format that we call two-minute technicals. So I just kind of jump onto it. I'm doing it on the fly. I'm showing you guys what I see, and I'm looking for analysis so you guys can see the way my brain works. I literally looked at this chart, and I saw, okay, wait a minute. There's an uptrend here somewhere. I've just been doing this long enough. I could tell, so I back extrapolated it, and I found that there's an uptrend right here. I just did that just about a minute ago. That's what I'm seeing. We're in a symmetrical triangle pattern. You're going to see some volatility coming in the next two to three months, more than likely. And if we do have a breakout on Bitcoin, you probably will see a massive rally coming out of the blockchain gaming space. Uh, I was on around the blockchain with a guy named Joel over uh, Joel, excuse me, over on um, on the BitBoy channel a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and he said that um, next year is going to be the year of blockchain gaming, and 2023 is going to be the year of metaverse. And I said I completely agree with you, and I think the 2020s is going to be the decade of entrepreneurship, and a lot of that's going to take place in crypto. That's what I see happening. I do think that you are going to see a hundred billion dollar gaming blockchain. Maybe not next year, but definitely within the next two years if the market continues to keep things up the way it's going. So there's a lot of money to be made there, and you're going to see a lot of people uh, you know, getting out of poverty and reaching financial freedom through all that. So it's going to be interesting. With that said, though, let's go ahead and check in with the chat. I know we got some super chats we need to catch up on. Make sure to hit yeah. that like button if you're enjoying today's show. Let's see if we can't get to 1,300 likes here in the next couple of minutes. We, we had one last TA question when we went off, uh, when we left last one, from John Billcliffe saying, what are your thoughts on huge wick from early December not yet filled? In general, wicks like this before downtrend do get filled before I move up. Oh, the old filled wick. Oh, man, the old filled wick. Kelly, before I answer that, do you have any thoughts on that? You know what he's talking about, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I actually mentioned it earlier today when I was talking with Tim. Uh, Matty B., one of the, the, the gentlemen that, that does the uh, the brief TA stuff for Bitbo on BitBoy's channel with the piano, he has a, a saying that I, that I actually, it, it's not a, it's just like any indicator or any sort of correlation. It's never going to be 100%, but I find out and I find in a situation like this, it, it tends to lean more in the, in the side of it happening, but uh, 
he says, wear it wicks, it'll candlestick, uh, which is kind of a funny, just sort of, uh, you know. That's a good way to think about clever. it. But, but, but it also, that, that lines up directly with, uh, you know, if we do break, I really don't want it to, but what I want is irrelevant to where the market's going to go. If, if we do break the 45 uh, level, I, then I do think it's very likely that we will at least do, at least have some brief price action down to 42. So let's just hope that we, uh, uh, that the market starts uh, building up some momentum and, and support here at 45 and then continues up now. We, I think we're, we already, we passed 48 now, right? Uh, we're at 47, 845 right now. Yeah, I know, I know we, we kind of eclipsed it, but, yeah. but we're, you know, but again, this, if we're looking back and correlating it, we, all, all of tech, TA, the art of TA is taking as many correlations as you can and getting a confluence of as many support signals as you can in whichever direction you're looking. And when we're looking at the fractals from past uh, uh, corrections or we're looking at the, you know, the, the wick, or, you have to take all these things in concert with each other and also the context of the market. And, and the huge thing that we didn't, we haven't really discussed yet today, uh, I think we'll definitely go over it in tomorrow's show. There's a huge, huge, huge options expiry on the on Friday. Uh, like it's, I think it's over almost $6 billion, but with the way those futures operate, it's worth over $10 billion. So that coming into the end of the year, coming into tax harvesting, coming into just market sort of indecision, you know, we might have, a, you know, the bottle cap of pressure might be let off, you know, going into the first two weeks of the year. So yep. all we can do right now is play the market with the indecision that it shows. And what it shows is sit still, don't make any rash moves, stay protected, and uh, your time will come. You know, it's funny. Back during 2018, there were, I realized this when I was running the channel because, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the media as far as cryptocurrency is concerned. Um, there is always an indicator of the month going around. It's either a golden cross or it's a death cross or it's a gap that needs to be filled or it's a $6 billion options expiry. And it's not that those things don't have weight. It's not that those things don't carry technical significance in the technical analyst's mind. But the funny thing is... It is very easy to get clicks when you say, there's a wick and it says we need to go down to $1,600 because it was set seven years ago. I'm exaggerating, of course. There weren't gaps back then because the markets that allow those gaps didn't exist yet. But my point is, people love to sensationalize one technical indicator because it'll get your attention. Now, sometimes we say, hey, look at this one technical indicator because it's extremely important. And I'm not saying that there's mo I'm not saying that there's malice behind anyone that says, "Hey, look at this indicator. It's uh, it's saying this thing." But I think as viewers and as uh, consumers of media of any kind, we have to realize that you only need to give one piece of the story to get somebody to click on an article or a YouTube video. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You can't fit the entire story into 100 characters in a YouTube title. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I am saying is that we have to be very careful about doing our analysis based on headlines. That's why we have an 80-minute long show and why we go into 100 different points so that you guys can see all the angles. Is there a gap down there? I'd have to look at it. I don't remember off the top of my head if there's a gap from last year sitting at whatever price it is. What I will tell you is this. It's one technical indicator among many, and the majority of the technical indicators, on-chain indicators, every metric I'm looking at is saying bullish. I don't think we're going to fill a gap if it's down at like $30,000, $34,000. I don't remember. What number did he say? Did he say it in there? I mean, the WIC goes down to $42,351. He's, right? he's talking specifically about the WIC that, that started this, uh, this down. I see what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, the, 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 there's that too, and that's the other thing is that a lot of people talk about where there's a WIC, there's a candlestick. That's another part. 
I don't think that that always takes place. In fact, I can give you examples where it didn't always yeah. take place. Let's look at March 2020, where Bitcoin dropped down to $3,900. By that logic, Bitcoin should go down to $3,800 and fill that wick because where there's a wick, there's a candlestick. That is not a hard and fast rule. It might be something that happens regularly, but it's not something that is always going to take place. Yeah. And we just have to be very, very careful about hard and fast rules, especially whenever the major candle wick we saw on the drop was not technically motivated. It was a massive long squeeze. The same thing happened back over here in March of 2020. It was a massive long squeeze. This was not a fundamentally driven drop. It was a so it wasn't a manipulated drop, but it was a black swan, if you will. I don't necessarily think we're going to see a $42,000 Bitcoin again. But as I said literally 40 minutes ago, based on VPVR, it's in the cards. I just don't think it's likely. What I would say, based off of what I'm seeing, if we were to follow a similar trend to what we've done in the past, the rest of this afternoon and tomorrow are really important to see what happens. If the price breaks below and consistently closes candle bodies below 47,000, I think there's a good chance potentially we do at least again 45 for sure at that point, but but there's a chance we could go down to 40 42. Uh, there the thing is <laughs> I don't think it's time to give up hope on 47 thousand yeah. as a support level yeah i think there's still a lot of signs pointed that could be a level of support so again but it's really key and we talked about the beginning of the show don't just make a call based off this we're trying to teach you what to look for and I, we're telling you right now do your homework watch the rest of the day watch the price action move over today and tomorrow and that will tell you a lot about the level of strength of this current price uh is that going to hold uh, are we going to see it rally back up to, you know, 49, 50,000? Or are we going to see it drop down to 45? If it drops down to 45, there's a very good chance we could candle body down to 42. I don't think, I think Jeb said this several times. We want to give you guys our opinion. We don't think that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. And it means you need to do your own research to make that decision for yourself. Absolutely. But let's do other super chats. We just had a $100 donation from Howard. Wow, thank uh, you, Howard. Saying thoughts on Hex slash Pulse Chain. I like, I like it staking Hex, no emotions to deal with. Thanks, guys. I'm personally not very interested in the Hex project. That's what I'll say about it. Sorry, Howard. Uh, Mike Marco wanted to uh, to comfort old Smainold. He said, I just, want to, I just want to buy Smay a drink of his choice. I know he had a rough night last night, but we are here for you. Uh, what happened? Appreciate West Virginia got it. Oh, West Virginia. Tomorrow. Oh, right, 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 right. That's yeah. funny. Uh, love it, Mike. Also, I think uh, we did we did mention in chat early on that we would do a snapshot in XRP because so yeah. many people were asking about it. Yeah, I think we're going to do the chart. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll do chart on that real quick. Cool. You want to do it now or do you want to finish? Let's do a couple chats? of super chats and then we'll jump Let's on do it. Let's do it. Crypto Alchemist said, what are your thoughts on the safety of the Uphold Exchange? Introducing staking rewards mm. soon for DOT and ETH. Is it safe? Seems Robin Hoodish. Um, yeah, Uphold. The only experience I have with Uphold is Oof. one of our employees using Uphold and them having cryptocurrency on it and not being allowed to withdraw it. And I think they, Smay used it too, right? Was it Smay? No, no, about, you're, you're talking about it was I'm Greg. talking about Greg. No, yeah. it happened to no, it happened to me. Something different happened to me where they like charged my card and didn't give me the crypto. Yeah. I don't yeah, like no, I yeah. from I don't I mean I only have two experiences with it, but both of them are bad. And if yeah. you have two bad experiences with a project, it's like at least one of those could have been good, you know? So I don't I don't know enough about yeah. it to give you an opinion, but I haven't seen anything I like about it personally. But maybe I'm uninformed. But they had good customer support, so I mean, there's no, well, that that's going great. for Well, that's great. Good. Thank yeah. you. Smix, where is there? I'm just going to read this one. Uh, Smix gave $50, though, and he said, 
OKLG Army, thanks for your videos. Thank you very much for your super chat, my friend. I, I, I really appreciate know what that. that project is. All right, Simpleman699 gave two different donations, and both of them were 20 euros. He said, hi, Jeb. Can you tell us anything about Curve DAO token? Uh, I have been told that this could be an incredible good investment for 2022. Your thoughts? Curve DAO. Great. CRV. Curve DAO token. Yeah. Um, I don't know the first thing about it. I'm going to be honest with you. His Kelly, do you have any thoughts on it? Because you're the freaking altcoin guru here. Uh, what was it? I was Curve sorry, Dow token. Curve Dow token. Ranked 63 on CoinMarketCap, $2 billion. I, well, I actually, I held some about, I think, quite a while ago. Uh, and I've been, I, I haven't really been tuned into that project at all. I do know that it's a very solid project. Uh, it's, it's, it works within the DeFi space. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little out of touch with it. But I'll look into it yeah. and we, we'll, we'll get on it. Yep. He, another one from him and another one, I, I don't know if we know the answer to this. Kelly or T. Shun would be the one to know. He said, Jeb, one more thing about Icon. The ICON team have confirmed that the ICY and the ICZ token airdrops will take place this week, yep. actually starting today, December 29th. Yep. What can you tell us about airdrop? Well, I mean, yeah, there are developments going on on ICON, but the problem is, guys, does anybody care? You know, you can build the greatest... <laughs> Let me put it this way. If you build the first iPhone before Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs' Apple released the iPhone, but you didn't market it and nobody knew it existed and nobody realized, wait a second, why would I want to carry around a computer in my pocket? That seems stupid. If you build the greatest technology and you don't show people why they should use it, then nobody's going to use it. I'm not denying that Icon might have some great fundamentals going on, although I'll be honest, I haven't studied them that much. But what I can tell you is this, not many people in cryptocurrency are paying attention to Icon anymore. So they can build the greatest project they want, but until they turn around their brand image of being a dead project from 2017 that went the way of you know EOS and uh, NEO and some of these other projects that were big back then, uh, Dash is another one. When was the last time you heard Dash talked about? If you don't turn around the brand image Icon, then you're going to have a hard time making what you're building uh, valuable because people need to use it. Now, again, I am not fully researched. I'm not even very, very researched on the fundamentals, but I am telling you specifically from a branding and marketing standpoint that they have a, you know, they've got some work to do in that area. And I've, I've held Icon. I used to be a giant fan of it. Well, one of the things about Icon too, it is exactly what you just said. I mean, Icon's competing in the same, and it's funny because they were more first to market, but they're competing in the same space as Polkadot and Cosmos. Exactly. And mm -hmm. mo most people wouldn't even know that. You say Icon, they just think it's a token that you can buy. They have no idea what the what the operability of it is. Yeah. And when you have a when you have a, a business develop something, and then it's, I mean, absolutely overwhelmingly eclipsed by other other companies that or projects that that also build much stronger communities. I'm not saying. Icon's dead. I actually used to own Icon as well, but it's just something to take into consideration when you are basically, you know, trying to fly a paper plane against a Boeing 787. You yeah. Know? So you just need to take those into whether you're just doing it for shorter term trades or if you're actually maybe you know something because you have deeper knowledge of the pro uh, project and you're investing in, in those things to play out, and that's fine yeah. too. But just know what your what the ecosystem is for each coin that you're participating in. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's jump on. There's a couple more Super Chats, but we can finish this out. There's are really quick ones. Let's do XRP real quick. Yeah, I mean, we'll look at XRP, but here's the thing, guys. The XRP analysis is pretty straightforward. It's in a massive symmetrical triangle pattern right now. You can see it right here. Downtrend right here on, on USD. Uptrend right here on USD. The RSI is trending to the downside in a, a descending trading channel, uh, which the price action is also in the same time period. It has a bullish MACD cross that has come in. You can see that happening right here, although that does look like it's about to go bearish. If you take a look here at Market Cipher, let's see what the cipher is telling us is telling us that we had a bullish setup that 
didn't really go very far. We had a rally here all the way up to a dollar and three cents. We didn't even manage to get up to the downtrend right here. And now we're doubling back down, coming back to the downside, retesting the support level. To me, guys, I haven't done the most analysis on XRP in the last few months, but to me, it kind of looks like we're going to just ride this uptrending level of support right here. And we're probably going to end up breaking bearish below it. Let's take a look here at Lux Algo and see what it is saying. Lux Algo, I would assume, is saying that we're in a downtrend since about right here. Uh, and yeah, well, look at that. You got We got it on camera. This is the last time we had a confirmed sell signal on Lux Algo. That's exactly where I was hovering. We saw a confirmed sell signal. Um, uh, we saw a sell signal. Then we saw it confirmed by the um, by the trend catcher here. And I will assume, but I'll check anyway, that it was also confirmed with Oscillator. It was. So the last time we saw a, sell, a signal on Lux Algo that was confirmed, it was a sell signal back in September. If we look down on the four-hourly chart, I have a feeling there may have been a confirmed uptrend right here, but that probably didn't last long. We did have a confirmed uptrend. Now we're uh, now we are in a uh, uh, let's see, are we in a confirmed downtrend? We are in a confirmed downtrend now on Lux Algo. The way I know that is because we have a sell signal. Trend catcher turned red in the last 24 hours, and oscillator is red. So we're in a confirmed downtrend on the daily chart. We're in a confirmed downtrend on the four-hourly chart, and I can basically guarantee you that we're in a confirmed downtrend on the 12-hour chart. We are. You can see right here. In fact, we have been ever since back over here, November 17th. Every single time frame that I care about on Lux Algo is telling us that XRP is in a downtrend. And of course, guys, the uncertainty of the SEC lawsuit is still plaguing it, which, by the way, I am, you know, I don't know everything about the, the XRP lawsuit. Obviously, I don't follow XRP as much as I follow the cryptocurrencies I'm invested in. I believe it's incredibly important to know what's going on with the cryptos that you personally hold. I don't hold XRP. Well, I hold like a thousand bucks of it, not too much. Um, you know, I it's just not a project I pay that much yeah. attention to. But what I can tell you is this. The SEC lawsuit has been dragged out and dragged out and dragged out. And I can't guarantee you this, but I can speculate. I think that that's manipulation. And I think they're trying to hold down XRP to, uh, to, to make a point that the SEC does still have power, even though they don't know how to wield it. But that's just speculation. I, I think at the end of the day, there's not a lot of, as Jeb said, we're in that symmetrical triangle pattern. There's not a lot of volatility left before a breakout. I, I think it's just waiting for the case to be over. And who knows what that'll be. But it, it, so if you're looking to trade and make a lot of money in XRP in the next couple of weeks, it's not the coin for you. I do like XRP. I think everyone here at this point now. I likes think there's XRP. a case for it to go back to all time high after I, that SEC lawsuit's over. That'd be yeah, a 300 percent run. I think honestly, yeah. if you're willing to wait, I think it's a good buy. I think it's a good buy. I would agree right now that, and wait. But but when we say wait, we're not talking about wait for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. You might have to it wait like a, a full year. It might be you know? a year. Yeah. XRP, XRP and, and the SEC are definitely in a tussle, and and it. it I, I remember earlier this year when i first got in in february people saying oh it's already been decided xrp is going to win sec's just drawing it out well guess what it's 10 months later they're still they're drawing, still drawing it, out. it out so <laughs> and I they are and by the way they are drawing it out yeah they are drawing it out so yeah that's and it. There, there is so much crap going on there guys the sec is <laughs> it's almost it's funny like you you point at one government agency and you say there's corruption there and then you're like why am I even why am I even bothering saying there's corruption? There's corruption everywhere. That's the sad thing, guys. That's why cryptocurrency and decentralized applications and the decentralized nature of crypto is so important because you can't have corruption in a cryptocurrency that doesn't have a central authority. Have you ever heard of corruption on the Bitcoin blockchain? No, because there's no central authority. That's why decentralization is so incredibly important. Let's wrap out these super chats. Yeah, uh, every single one of these, by the way, guys, thank you so much for donating. We're going to give quick answers to so some of yep. these questions. We're going to have to quickly say no. Uh, Simple Man 699 gave 300 pounds wow. just to say thank you. Dang, that's for heavy. Question. So thank you, Simple Man 699. That's like how much Tim curls with one arm. Carlos C. I wish. Carlos C. <laughs> says, what do you think? What do you think? And can you do quick analysis on AMP? 
we can potentially look at AMP in a future show, but we're not yeah, going to have time today, be today, unfortunately. Uh, Ryan Donnelly said, are you involved in the VPAD project? Seems like all the big influencers are supporting it. I am not involved it. in 2X the since the launch a week ago. I am not involved. All right. Mo Joe said, oh, man, Karen Altman is calling. I don't even know if I want to finish this. This has to do with astrology. I think they're just then saying. We're good. Thank yeah, you very much just, for the donation. Uh, just saying. Well, I think that even the donate, even the, the thing was saying it was stupid. In fact, but. I... Karen Altman. I've met her. I know who you're talking about. I've met her. I was on yeah. ATB with her. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. All right, Bernard, uh, Bernardo Lara. She's a nice person. What about Crow? Crypto.com is worth $10 billion or whatever it's worth because it is. Um, and you're going to hear what I'm going to say, and you're going to think it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just a fact of, of, of life. Crypto.com's price is 100% manipulated because it has... Um, its valuation has everything to do with the fact that you have to lock up Crow, Crypto.com coin, to be able to get access to their different debit cards that give you 4% return, 5% return, 8% return. You can get an 8% cashback card from Crypto.com. That is incredible. But the way that they're able to pay for that is by making you lock up Crypto.com for, a, I think it's a year, and you have to lock up like $400,000 worth of crypto to even get eligible for that card. So that forces the supply yeah. down. So that forces the price up. So I'm not saying crypto.com is a bad project, but I am saying that it is a centralized project, obviously. And if you want to fight me on that, go ahead and and delete crypto.com, the company from the face of the planet, and watch it lose 90% of its value. I don't think it's a bad project, but what I am saying is that if you want crypto.com to succeed, you better be paying very close attention to that company because if that turns unprofitable and they go bankrupt, your investment is gone. It's basically a stock in the company and you need to treat it like one. But Jeb, Matt Damon says fortune favors the brave. Fortune does favor the bold, I thought he said. Yeah, well. Was Fortune the favors the boy. I had a different conversation with him where he said, you oh, you, oh, you talked oh, about Damon, He's huh? a very inconsistent guy. No, no, look, look, guys, <laughs> Crypto.com crypto is one of the biggest companies in cryptocurrency, and I think they're a, a great force for the space from everything I know about them. I'm not attacking Crypto.com. I am, however, pointing out its single biggest weakness and its single largest threat. If you invest in it, you better pay very close attention to the PE statement, the profit earning statement, uh, the P&L statements, and all the different statements that that company has so that you know how well they're doing. I think they're publicly traded. No, they're not. I take that back. They're not publicly traded. That's not public information. That's even worse. You need to pay very close attention to how well they're doing as a company. All right, moving on. Michael Dad Dadamo said, Jeb, what do you think about Theta? I think Theta is a very interesting pro I haven't looked into it too much, but Theta is a video sharing decentralized application project. Did I get that right, Kelly? Yeah, actually, yeah, because I've heard about that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, and it actually has a couple of the people from original from YouTube, and yeah, from Twitch, and other people. It seems like board. a great project. It's one I haven't personally done a ton of it, uh, research into, but it seems like a pretty solid project. I, I, hope I, I don't, it's good. I don't know of anything that I could say about uh, against mm. it, other than it is going to compete with a quarter trillion dollar company called YouTube. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. it's a, it's a, it seems like a pretty solid project. Last one, TKC said, "What do you think about privacy security network?" Is that a cryptocurrency? Privacy or is and, sec and secret network. I don't know why I said security. I think my brain just... They're so it. private secret and network. so secure, we don't even know about no, it. No, privacy and secret <laughs> network. Sorry. Is it network or networks? Network. Is he talking, network. About, a, is he talking about a coin or is he talking about no like the concept? No I idea. think privacy and, sec and security networks, I'm assuming he's talking about like a Monero or a... I think Dash was a privacy coin. I don't even remember. I haven't looked at Dash in like three years. You know, you got, you got Zcash in there, um, which they're not as private and secure and, uh, and privacy oriented as you think they are. But the issue I have with privacy coins, if that was your question, like Monero, is that when regulation comes, and I've been saying this for four years, when regulation comes, and it will come, you think it's come yet? It hasn't even started. Promise you. Um, when it does, 
le uh, legislators are going to have a very valid case to be made that privacy coins will allow money laundering. It, it just will. They will have a rock solid case on that. And it's unfortunate because I love privacy coins, but you gotta be honest. If you can send a transaction through a medium where you can't tell where the input led to the output and there's no way to see that because it's a private decentralized network, that does allow money laundering. I'm, you know, the funny thing is people say, oh, crypto is used for, used for crime. Well, you know what was used for crime for the last 200 years before crypto was created? The US dollar. So you really wanna use that argument? But the problem is they're going to use that argument and they're going to have a, it is a valid concern. So, you know, it's stupid, but it's going to happen. I think privacy coins are great, but they're probably going to get regulated into oblivion along with a lot of stable coins when uh, regulation comes in a big way. Yeah, that's all we got. That's uh, all we got. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm trying to make, people just commented at me. I'll make sure it doesn't anything important. All right. Well, uh, the last thing we have to do that is on my checklist we have to review the weekly price predictions. Let's do it. Uh, I'll let you know. Kelly is in a, a very healthy lead uh, oh, with his with his very low prediction. I wanted a low prediction. You guys I'm... laughed when I put that in. You guys, like, oh, let's go. I was like, I didn't laugh. Which I, is I, funny because you were the one that was so such a big proponent of forty seven. I said I like my position at yeah. fifty thousand. Oh no, I just thought we were. I thought we were touch and go with forty seven. I laughed. And guess what? I laughed. Here's a real question. I also I also was planning on it. I was thinking about it, thinking thinking that we were doing. Uh, Thursday is the last day. I thought so, it was Friday. So if it's Friday, we're, it's going to be... Oh, that's an announcement right there. By the way, we did decide we will be having a show on Friday, but we made the predictions for Thursday. No, Friday, I made anyway. my... Okay. So I made my prediction for Friday. Okay, you made your prediction for Friday. Well, whatever. I'll get a, I'll get a, a, I'll get a, like a little... Uh, I made my prediction for Thursday. Yeah. So we'll, well see. That, that, I automatically win Friday because there was only one guest for Friday. Kelly so. made his for Friday. <laughs> no, I made mine for Thursday. He made oh, for Thursday. great. I made okay. mine for well, Friday. Well, there we go. For the record. But I'll, you know what? I'll stick with mine. I, I made mine I mean, for... This is a mess. I made mine for Tuesday. All right, all right. Let's write it in. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Tim, anyway, let's hear it. Uh, no, I mean, that's Kelly Kelly's lo has the lowest prediction of 50,100. Right below him, right above him, rather, is Jeb with 51,250. Tishum, 52,800. Smay, 52,000 even. And I am at the highest prediction with 50,000, 53,000. Are you even saying the numbers? I am saying the He's, I'm trying to go to Jeb mode. He's especially saying them. Especially. Can you please can you say the last two numbers again, please? Fifty-three thousand for Smay. Fifty-three thousand one hundred and seventeen dollars for Tim. Those are the predictions. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. It's been rigged. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's show, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to seventeen hundred likes before we wrap it out here. Make sure to sign up for the North American Bitcoin Conference down below if you want to meet me in person and you're you know. You want to do that and you want to be our team then make sure you sign up down below because that is the one and only place that you'll be able to meet me anywhere in the country unless you stumble across me in a supermarket or something until we go to bitcoin 2022 which we're planning on going to in i believe that's april 20th i want to say whenever bitcoin 2022 is we're going to be there also but if you guys want to meet me in january january 17th and 19th is taking place in miami you can find all the information down below sign up we got a 20 percent off link if you use that you can get 20% off of the event and you can come and try and find us and meet us. And then, like I said, shoot us an email support and maybe we will uh, try and arrange a little, you know, a little nothing major, but just a little get together. So sign up for that down below if you want to. We will be there. Uh, we are actually official media partners. You can see on my screen right here. We are. This is really cool. I'm really excited about this. We're right next to Forbes and NBC Universal and Yahoo Finance and and uh, Monero Talk and CNBC and some really big names. And I'm really looking forward to being there myself and my um, my uh, sales manager are actually um, we have press passes. So we'll be backstage. Maybe we'll get an interview with Francis Suarez 
Suarez, mayor of Miami, or Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, or Mark Cuban. If we do manage to do that, that would be pretty cool. Anyway, guys, like I said, hit that like button, subscribe to the greatest technical analysis channel on YouTube and crypto. I think we're number one, and I'm really, really excited to be bringing you guys TA every single day because I want you to achieve financial freedom. And also make sure to follow me on my Twitter, at CryptoJeb, because I'm posting over there several times a day. And I'm also posting some analysis. But anyway, guys, before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacD Media.